Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks for singing, everybody. Whoever put the chocolate cupcake down there on the pew, thank you before church. That's great. It doesn't just have to be my birthday for chocolate cupcakes, but uh, no, I, I uh, appreciate the kindness and the love, and, and it is true. This is, this is my favorite place in the world, so I want to be here with family, with friends, and, and good to see everybody this morning. I'm going to ask you to open uh, your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Now, that's going to be our, our text for today, but, but I think I'm going to have more scriptures in this sermon than any other sermon I've ever preached. So I'm going to ask you to, uh, yeah, it's good to use the Bible, right, when you preach? That's, that's usually a good thing. No, um, I'm just going to give you a lot of them, and I'd like you to write them down. There'll be a few other things to write down as well, just to meditate on it, just to grow in the Lord and in His Word. And so, um, so we'll look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, but we are going to look at a lot of different scriptures today. So 52 years ago yesterday, I was given the name Daryl Merrill. Um, you don't, other than me and my dad, you probably don't know a lot of people who have rhyming names. Uh, and, and that's probably a good thing because you don't really want your name to rhyme unless you're like a judge on a British baking show or something like that. But really, it's kind of, it's kind of funny to have a rhyming name. I remember when I was a little boy, uh, it was definitely not an asset to have a rhyming name, as though my buddies needed one more reason to tease me. So um, when you have that name as a child, it's, it's not, a, not a great thing. But as an adult, it's awesome because people remember your name because it's, it's, it rhymes. And so names are important. I have a lot of friends that are planting churches right now, and they're... Um, Man, they, they have these really cool names for churches. I have one friend uh, who has a church called Radiant. There's another one that's called Reset. Um, there's one that has uh, the name Solutions. So if you have a problem, you go to that church. Um, this, one of my friends is naming a, or planting a church named Surprise Church. I don't know if I want to go to that one, but Surprise Church is one of them. And then Joy, I love that name, Joy Church. I love those names because they tell a little bit about the, the DNA of what that church is. And some people have asked me, do you like the name Christian Life Church? Would you ever want to change that name? And to be honest with you, I love the name Christian Life Church. Now, I know there's a lot of Christian Life Churches out there, and it's probably not the hip name today. But I like it because it has the word life in it. Christian Life Church. When you walk with God... You have so many different kinds of life. You have new life, abundant life, spirit-filled life, eternal life. You have all these life. And I believe that church should be an essential part of our life. And so that's what I love about Christian Life Church. And so for the next few weeks, I'm just going to talk about the different lives we have in God. And I want to begin today. We don't have much time, but I'm going to talk about the new life that we have in Christ. Now, we love new things, don't we, right? I mean, a new phone comes out, we want the new phone. I don't know about you, but I want the new phone, right? I just, I, it's like, I don't have that one. I think I really need it. Is it different than yours? I'm pretty sure it is. I don't know exactly, but I want the new phone. When somebody in church gets a new car, they say, Pastor, come out, look at my new car. We'll go out, look at their new car, and I pretend really hard not to be jealous, and we just look at their new car and all the things that they have, and... There's also things like new restaurants. You know, we like to find a new restaurant or a new dish, or we, uh, we like to 
find that new song. Some of us, we want to get that new tattoo that commemorates something in our life. For me, it's bumper stickers. I love bumper stickers. So I find a new bumper sticker and it's getting to be a problem, or so I'm told by my children. I'm not sure, but it's going to start wrapping around the car pretty soon. But uh, we all love new things. We, we've got to have the new thing. We've got to have that new thing. And, and that new thing, what's really cool about the new thing is it makes us happy, right? We get that new phone, and I'm so happy until I see the next new phone or the next thing comes out. Or I'm, I'm happy until I'm, I'm not happy. The, the newness begins to wear off, and I begin to look for the next new thing. I grab something else, and, and then pretty soon that wears off because we're never satisfied with the newest thing. We're satisfied for a little while, but then something happens and wears off, and we want something new. And, and I thought about that, and maybe that's because God put a desire deep down inside of us for the new. Because the Bible tells us in the Old Testament and the New Testament, all over the place, that he is doing a new thing. God is constantly doing a new thing. And I want to say this, because I really feel it's from the Lord, that the old things that God has done, while we celebrate them and we remember them, they will not satisfy now or in the future. We need a fresh move of God. We need a new touch of God. We need new life and new growth. We need to see what God is doing because in his word, he tells us over and over and over again, I'm doing a new thing. In the Old Testament, in Isaiah 43, verse 19, behold, I'm doing a new thing. It now springs forth, and do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert. Jesus said in Mark chapter 2, verse 22, speaking of his life and ministry, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the, 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 new, or the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins going all the way to Jesus' return in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 5, it says, and he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. See, it doesn't matter. God's always doing a new thing. So that brings us to our text today. It brings to your life and my life in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Paul knows what he's talking about here when he writes. Because Paul, I mean, talk about a guy with a radical transformation that was completely transformed, completely made new. This guy one day is persecuting Christians, and literally a few days later he's preaching the gospel and being persecuted as a believer. A radical transformation happened when he met Jesus. And I could stop preaching right now and open up the mic and just let every one of us walk across and tell a story of how God radically changed our life. How once we were living an old life, a dead life, but now we have a new life, an alive life. That's the story of the gospel. That's the story here. That's the newness that we crave because we are new creations. That's your identity in Christ, you are brand new. You are not old anymore. And God, Christ comes into our life, and he says, I want you to put the old away, walk into the new, walk into the abundant, walk into the eternal 
life I've given you. And so we are new creatures. You are a new creature, whether you believe it or not, because God said it in his word, and God is not a liar. Everything he said is true. Jesus is the truth, and he said, you're a new creation. And besides that, he paid for it, too. He paid the price in full so you can walk in this newness of life. So what is this new identity? I'm just going to give you a few things here today. It's not an exhaustive list, just a few things with some scriptures. And I want you to get this inside of you. So if you can write these things down, these are things that you have in your new walk with Christ. You now enjoy freedom, not condemnation. If you are new in Christ, you don't have to worry about the old life anymore. You don't belong to the new old life. You walk in the new life. There's no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, that's what Romans 8, 1 tells us. Next thing is that you've been made right with God. It says in 2 Corinthians uh, 5, 21, that that Jesus became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. That in your old life, there's no way you could be right with God. But in your new life, you are made righteous in the eyes of God. The next one is Christ's resurrection power is yours. In Ephesians chapter 1, it talks about how Jesus is seated in heavenly places, given all dominion, all power, all authority. He's been given everything, and everything's been put under his feet. All enemies are there, and then he raises us up to be with him. We have his resurrection power inside of us. You have the Holy Spirit that goes along with this because the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, is now alive in you. God honors you. God says, I'm going to honor those that belong to me. We talked about the blessing a few weeks ago, the the idea that he blesses us and he protects us. He watches over. He takes really good care of us. He honors you. God provides all you need and more. In Psalm 113, it, it talks about how he raises the poor up to sit with princes and with kings, that God provides everything we need. Psalm 23, he is my shepherd, I shall not want, I shall not be in need. In John chapter 10, verse 10, which we're going to talk about next week, he's given us rich, full, abundant, satisfying life. That's our God when we walk in newness of life. God is at work in you. In Ephesians 2.10, we are Christ's masterpieces. God's at work inside of our life, creating us, preparing us for good works, the things he's called us to do. God is at work in you. You are united with Christ, that he raised us up and he seated us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, that you and I are united with Christ. These are just a few of the things. This is just the beginning of a list that I could have just kept going, but it was just this week, so I was just thinking about all the things we have in Christ and pretty mind-blowing, right? Just that short list. And, and any one of those things can transform our lives. When we get that new revelation of who we are in Christ, it can change everything. And sometimes we don't experience the new life because we think the new life is up to us. Like we have to make the new life. Well, I don't want to be an angry person anymore. I don't want to lie or cheat or steal. I don't want to do that anymore. So I'm going to work on those things in my life. Have you ever been to a carnival and played the, the game whack-a-mole, right? It's one of my favorites. You just get the hammer, get, get the aggression out, that little puppy thing on the end, and the, the little guy pops up and you hit it, and the next guy, and then you just, you're just pounding this thing. And 
Sometimes that's what we're doing in life is we're playing whack-a-mole. Okay, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And then, Pastor, I'm doing really good, aren't I? It's like, no, you're not. You know, it's like these things just keep popping up in our life. See, you're not just to take care of the bad things in your life. Jesus didn't come just to clean you up. He came to make you new. You're a different person. You're a new creation. We need a revelation of who we are in Christ and, and what he's done for us. See, it's not about trying harder. It's not about getting some new habits and getting rid of the old habits. It's about embracing who I am in Christ, that I am not assessing my life based on am I doing good right now or I'm doing bad? Am I, am I successful or am I a failure? A lot of times we base our Christian life on that, and it, that's not what it is. Paul's talking about that here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The context is judgment, judging ourselves, judging our brothers and sisters in Christ. He says, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. It's not based on how you feel or how you're taking care of this or that or the other thing. I am in Christ. And he didn't just come and wash the dirt off me and put some new clothes on me. He made me a completely new person. And it wasn't me who did that. It was him who did that. It's Christ, what he says about you, that, that he has made you new. We are changed in Christ. The old has passed away. The problem is, sometimes we get so comfortable with our old self. It's all we've ever known. It's how we grew up. It's like, that's just who I am. That's that's just a part of my life, and we're very comfortable with our old self because that's kind of what we've always lived in. But Jesus says, you, you're not old anymore. You don't have to nurse that old person back to health. No, you just need to let that go and walk in the newness of life, that when the old comes knocking on your door, you say, you don't live here anymore, old. When there's a sin or something that gets you down, just like, no, I, that's not me anymore. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I leave the old. Even if it's comfortable, even if it's the only thing I've ever known my whole life, it's like, no, I don't belong to that. I am new in Christ. I rehearse what Jesus says about me, not how I feel about myself or what I did last week. No, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. He is at work inside of me building a masterpiece. We are called to respond to God, to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit's work in our life because the devil wants to keep you in that old life. He, he, it's comfortable there. Yeah, I want to, you know, just, you, you know, that's really who you are. Listen, the devil is a liar. He's going to try to keep you in your past. He's going to try to say, you'll never be different. You'll never change. That's, that's how your family has always been. And then sometimes we begin to believe that. So what we do is we put on this new real quick. We come to church for an hour, and we pretend like we're new, and then we get back in the car, and we put the old clothes back on. And that's not any way to live. Man, the devil's a liar. Jesus is the truth, and he has paid the price to make you new. And so walk in your new life. Live a life that promotes the new life. We've got to begin to change the way we think. For many years, we've had the joy of watching our children play basketball. Since Luke was a, a little boy and, and, and on now through Mark, and Mark's going to be a senior next year, and we realize that time of family watching uh, our kids play basketball is quickly coming to an end. Just one more year. 
and the last couple years haven't been that much to watch anyway. They, they got to play a few games this season as Illinois allowed them to play, I think, like for two weeks with masks and stuff. And so we wanted to make sure we went to every game because it's kind of coming to an end. Mark had a great, man, that was like in stereo. That was cool. Like the cloth, you're standing here, it's like, whoop, no. Um, so, ADD, sorry. Um, so anyway, we're, 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 Mark had a great team, and, and we were just like, man, this is going to be a great season. This is going to be fun to watch. I know it's only a couple weeks, but this is going to be a good team to watch. And so we would go to the games, and this happened every single game. I'm not kidding. They would start the game, and they would get so far behind, like in the first quarter. And for some reason, they just could not get out of the gate. They couldn't play well. But then, second quarter, third quarter, they just kept coming back and back and back and back and back. And they'd always fall short. And that was kind of how they played the whole season. It was just like, oh, they're, they're, they're so far behind. But, oh, they're coming back. They're coming back. They're coming back. Uh, it just happened over and over again. There's one night it was so bad. Um, I just told Leslie, you can go home because there's no way this is turning around. And so she left. And wouldn't you know, isn't it how it always is? She left. And, and the same thing came. They're coming back. They're coming back. They're coming back. And I'm just like, but I know they're not going to make it. But they're coming back. They're coming back. They're coming back. They're coming back. They go into overtime, and they win in overtime. And you would have thought they won the championship. And, and, and something changed that night on that team. I don't know if they got a taste of winning. I don't know if they realized they could win. Something happened that night, and they just went on a tear. That even if they fell behind like they usually did, I mean, they would just, they would just beat the opponents down. Teams that were better than them, they, just, they, they got a taste of what it was like to win until the final game of the season. And they purposely didn't have that game be the homecoming game because that team was really hard. You want a team you can beat for homecoming. And they put this team last thing of the season, and they were, they were going to get slaughtered. They won in double overtime against this great team. And, and it was just like, I mean, we were cheering and we were screaming and, you know, just jumping up and down. And, and it's because they got a taste of what it was like to win. Sometimes we need a taste of the new life. Because we think, oh, I'm just, I'm just the same old person. I, I, this, is, this is just who I am. This is just what I do. Sometimes we have to take a step of faith to taste the new life. And then, to be, then we begin walking in the new life, like, oh, this feels good. Like, this is what I'm supposed to, this is who I am. And that's what we need because it, it doesn't matter how good you are as a basketball team. You've got to know that you can win the game. And it's the same in our life. You have to know that you're new. So a lot of people say, well, I don't want to do it because I'll feel like I'm faking it. You're not faking that. It. It's who you are. You're not putting on a performance. It's something that God has placed inside of you. You've been made new. And even if you don't feel new, even if you don't feel like worshiping or going to church or, or reading your Bible or giving the offering, it doesn't matter. You are a new person. And sometimes wherever that struggle is, the antidote is in the struggle. So what happens then is a lot of times we feel isolated, we feel lonely, we feel like nobody loves me, and so we, we isolate even more when the antidote is actually to get out. Instead of isolating, it's to get out. And so here's the antidote for new life. When you don't feel like worshiping, you lift your hands, you smile, and you start to sing as loud as you can because that's who you are. That's what you're created to do. And, and when you don't feel like 
go into God's Word every morning. You open God's Word. I gave you a bunch of verses to look up. You got their devotional. You can grab my book. You can just open God's Word. You can just open it and begin to study it. I just encourage you that, that when you don't feel like something, you just keep doing it. You keep embracing who you are in Christ, your identity. Even if you don't feel like it, you just keep going. It's not faking it till you make it because you're not faking it. That's really who you are. But you've got to get to it first. I am who God says I am. See, a lot of times when um, we want to exercise, over the last several months, I've been walking several miles a day, and, and there are days I don't want to walk. Now, this is a beautiful day, so this will be an easy day to walk, but there's just days I don't want to do it. I, w- I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to stand on a treadmill for an hour. But as soon as I put those shoes on and the sweatpants and the T-shirt and get there, I never drive home from the gym saying that was a waste of time. I drive home saying, yes, I did it. The same thing is if we have a prayer meeting that's late at night, and, and sometimes that, that happens where it's scheduled after a really long day and it's late at night, and they're like, oh, I really don't want to go. But I'm going to tell you, every time driving home from that prayer meeting, not once ever have I said, oh, I really wish I would have sat home and t- on the couch and watched TV. It's like when I'm driving home, I'm like, thank you, God, for that precious moment with you. It's just like when we do what we were called to do, all of a sudden, we're just, we're walking in who we were created to be. We're walking in the newness of life, and we need to begin to live that new life. We need to begin whatever happens. Just open God's word every single day. Open his word. Every time the music starts, lift your hands, put a smile on your face, and begin to sing. We're going to worship before we go, so I'm going to give you a chance to do that one. I believe that giving is a big part of our new life, and that we should give to the Lord. And, and so I don't ever want to walk by an offering box or a plate without giving something to God. Now, we choose to give online, and we do it that way. But when I attend another church, I always tell our boys when we're at that church, it's like, we're going to put something in the offering, even if it's just a dollar. And I just encourage you, if that's all you got, just put a dollar in the plate. And there's something about doing what God asks us to do. or something about worshiping, opening his word. There's just something about it that I begin to walk in who I am. And, and I all of a sudden become who I'm supposed to be because we have to do what God's asked us to do. See, when you begin, it will begin to grow in your life. What you plant, what you water, what you cultivate will grow in your life. God will bless it, and it will grow. And so we've got to walk in what God says. Now, I love the story of the feeding of the 5,000. There's a little boy that comes with his lunch, five loaves and two fish. He probably took it from his parents. That, that would probably have fed a family back then. Without mom knowing, probably he took that, and he, he said, Jesus, this is all we have. And, and what I love about it is it wasn't up to the, the boy to feed the entire crowd. It wasn't up to the boy to do everything. Jesus was going to take it and bless it and break it and give it. And that's what fed the crowd. So you say, well, I don't have much to give to God. All you have to do is give yourself, give your family. Just give yourself to God. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to bless it. And it's going to be amazing. See, your new life, this is really important. A lot of times we talk about new life, and we, we talk about it for ourselves. Like, well, I want the new life Christ has for me. Do you realize that your new life isn't just for you? It's meant to bless everybody around you. That your newness that you're walking in is actually going to be a blessing to your family. It's going to be a blessing wherever you work, wherever you go, whatever you do. There's going to be a blessing on your life that you're bringing. There's a newness, a freshness, a touch of God with you wherever you go. You are called to be new in Christ. 
there's something about it that when you step up and say, okay, the old has passed away. I don't, and when it knocks on my door, sorry, old, you don't live here anymore. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I have all of these things. And so I'm going to start walking in these things. And you're going to start watching yourself just like, like Mark's team, winning. And you're going to be blessing. And you're going to be growing because that's what you're cultivating in your life. Amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? wanted to give us a, a, just a little time here at the end of the service to worship God and pledge ourselves to God. But I, I want you to begin to just make that confession this week, the confession from God's word. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I have been made new. I am not the same old person I've always been. I'm walking in newness of life. And then just begin to pray to God. God, continue your new work inside of me. Continue to make me a masterpiece. Listen, I know that most of us have walked with God many years of our life. But the things that satisfied in the past, those aren't new anymore. Those are great reminders, but you need a new, fresh touch from God. You need new growth in your life. And so I want you to press in and say, God, continue your work in me. Bring it to completion. Just keep working on it every day, God. Claim all the promises in God's word. Just use some of those verses I, I gave you today. Claim those promises. Take steps of faith. Say, this is who I am. And I love it because you're not faking it till you make it because you already are. You're just walking in who God says that you are. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, today we just surrender our hearts to you, our lives to you. We thank you, God, for making us new. This is our opportunity to live out what was just preached. And so whether you feel like it or not, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet, put a smile on your face, raise your hand, and sing. Set a fire in me. Go ahead.